TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is live coverage from ABC News. Here is ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky. President Trump and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu are about to hold a joint news conference at the White House. Steadfast in his support for Israel, Mr. Trump of late has appeared to back away from his most hardline positions like moving the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States and the Prime Minister of Israel. And you hear the announcement from overhead in the East Room of the White House as President Trump and Prime Minister Netanyahu enter the room. The assembled press on its feet along with other guests as the two men take their positions behind podiums. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. Thank you. Today I have the honor of welcoming my friend, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, to the White House. With this visit, the United States again reaffirms our unbreakable bond with our cherished ally, Israel. The partnership between our two countries, built on our shared values, has advanced the cause of human freedom dignity, and peace. These are the building blocks of democracy. The State of Israel is a symbol to the world of resilience in the face of oppression. You can think of no other state that's gone through what they've gone, and of survival in the face of genocide. We will never forget what the Jewish people have endured. Your perseverance in the face of hostility, your open democracy in the face of violence, and your success in the face of tall arts is truly inspirational. The security challenges faced by Israel are enormous, including the threat of Iran's nuclear ambitions, which I've talked a lot about. One of the worst deals I've ever seen is the Iran deal. My administration has already imposed new sanctions on Iran, and I will do more to prevent Iran from ever developing, I mean ever, a nuclear weapon. Our security assistance to Israel is currently at an all-time high, ensuring that Israel has the ability to defend itself from threats, of which there are, unfortunately, many. Both of our countries will continue and grow. We have a long history of cooperation in the fight against terrorism and the fight against those who do not value human life. America and Israel are two nations that cherish the value of all human life. This is one more reason why we reject unfair and one-sided actions against Israel at the United Nations has treated Israel, in my opinion, very, very unfairly. 
or other international forums, as well as boycotts that target Israel. Our administration is committed to working with Israel and our common allies in the region towards greater security and stability. That includes working toward a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. The United States will encourage a peace and really a great peace deal. We'll be working on it very, very diligently. Very important to me also, something we want to do. But it is the parties themselves who must directly negotiate such an agreement. We'll be beside them. We'll be working with them. As with any successful negotiation, both sides will have to make compromises. You know that, right? <laughs> I want the Israeli people to know that the United States stands with Israel in the struggle against terrorism. As you know, Mr. Prime Minister, our two nations will always condemn terrorist acts. Peace requires nations to uphold the dignity of human life and to be a voice for all of those who are endangered and forgotten. Those are the ideals to which we all and will always aspire and commit. This will be the first of many productive meetings. And I again, Mr. Prime Minister, thank you very much for being with us today. Mr. Prime Minister, thank you. President Trump, thank you for the truly warm hospitality you and uh, Melania have shown me, my wife Sarah, our entire delegation. I deeply value your friendship. To me, to the State of Israel, it was so clearly evident in the words you just spoke. Israel has no better ally than the United States. And I want to assure you, the United States has no better ally than Israel. Our alliance has been remarkably strong. But under your leadership, I'm confident it will get even stronger. I look forward to uh, working with you to dramatically upgrade our alliance in every field, in security, in technology, in cyber and trade, and so many others. And I certainly welcome your forthright call to ensure that Israel is treated fairly in international forums and that the slander and boycotts of Israel are resisted mightily by the power and moral position of the United States of America. As you have said, our alliance is based on a, on a deep bond of common values and common interests. And increasingly, those values and interests are under attack by one malevolent force, radical Islamic terror. Mr. President, you've, uh, you've shown great clarity and courage in confronting this challenge head on. You call for confronting Iran's terrorist regime, preventing Iran from realizing this uh, terrible deal into a nuclear arsenal. And you have said that the United States 
is committed to preventing Iran from getting nuclear weapons. You call for the defeat of ISIS. Under your leadership, I believe we can reverse the rising tide of radical Islam. And in this great task, as in so many others, Israel stands with you, and I stand with you. Mr. President, in rolling back militant Islam, we can seize an historic opportunity. Because for the first time in my lifetime, and for the first time in the life of my country, Arab countries in the region do not see Israel as an enemy, but increasingly as an ally. And I believe that under your leadership, this change in our region creates an unprecedented opportunity to strengthen security and advance peace. Let us seize this moment together. Let us bolster security. Let us seek new avenues of peace. And let us bring the remarkable alliance between Israel and the United States to even greater heights. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Again, thank you. Live from the White House, Prime Minister Netanyahu with President Trump, the two men shaking hands in the we'll East Room, now taking questions from the press. And you're listening David to live Brody. coverage from ABC News. Christian Broadcasting. David. Thank you, Mr. President, Mr. Prime Minister. Uh, both of you have crit criticized the Iran nuclear deal and at times even called for its repeal. I'm wondering if you're concerned at all as it relates to not just the um, National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn, who is recently no longer here, but also some of those events that have been going on with communication in Russia, if that is going to hamper this deal at all and whether or not it would keep Iran from becoming a nuclear state. And, and secondly, on the settlement issue, are you both on the same page? How do you exactly term that as it relates to the settlement issue? Thank you. Michael Flynn, General Flynn, is a wonderful man. I think he's been treated very, very unfairly by the media, um, as I call it, the fake media in many cases. And uh, I think it's really a sad thing that he was treated so badly. I think in addition to that, uh, from intelligence, uh, papers are being leaked, things are being leaked. It's criminal action, criminal act. And it's been going on for a long time before me. But now it's really going on. And people are trying to cover up for a terrible loss that the Democrats had under Hillary Clinton. I think it's very, very unfair what's happened to General Flynn, the way he was treated, and the documents and papers that were illegally — I stress that — illegally leaked. Very, very unfair. As far as settlements, I'd like to see you hold back on settlements for a little bit. Uh, we'll uh, work something out, but I would like to see a deal be made. I think a deal will be made. I know that every president would like to. Most of them have not started till late because they never thought it was possible. And it wasn't possible because they didn't do it. But Bibi and I have known each other a long time. A smart man, great negotiator. And I think we're going to make a deal. It might be a bigger and better deal than people in this room even understand. That's a possibility. So let's see what we do. Let's try it. Doesn't sound too optimistic, but that's <laughs> so he's a good negotiator. That's the art of the deal. I also want to thank. <laughs> it's, 
I also want to thank Sarah. Could you please stand up? You're so lovely, and you've been so nice to Melania. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Your turn. Was it? Would you second? Yeah, please, go ahead. Thank you very much. Mr. President, uh, in your vision for the new Middle East peace, are you ready to give up of the notion of two-state solution that was adopted by previous administration? And will you be willing to hear different ideas from the prime ministers as some of his partners are asking him to do, for example, annexation of parts of the West Bank and unrestricted settlement constructions? And one more question, are you going to fulfill your promise to move the U.S. Embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, and if so, when? And Mr. Prime Minister, did you come here tonight to tell Mr. The, the President that you are backing off the two-state solution? Oh, okay. Thank you. So I'm looking at two-state and one-state, and I like the one that both parties like. <laughs> I'm very happy with the one that both parties like. I can live with either one. Uh, I thought for a while the two-state looked like it may be the easier of the two. But honestly, if Bibi and if the Palestinians, if Israel and the Palestinians are, are happy, I'm happy with the one they like the best. As far as the embassy moving to Jerusalem, uh, I'd love to see that happen. We're looking at it very, very strongly. Uh, we're looking at it uh, with uh, great care, great care, believe me. Uh, and we'll see what happens, okay? Thank you. Uh, I read yesterday that an American official um, said that if you ask five people what two states would look like, <laughs> you'd get eight different answers. Well, Mr. President, if you asked five Israelis, you'd get 12 different answers. But rather than deal with labels, I want to deal with substance. It's something I've hoped to do uh, for years in a world that's absolutely fixated on labels and not on substance. So here's the substance. There are two prerequisites for peace that I laid out two years, several years ago, and they haven't changed. First, the Palestinians must recognize the Jewish state. They have to stop calling for Israel's destruction. They have to stop educating their people for Israel's destruction. Second, in any peace agreement, Israel must retain the overriding security control over the entire area west of the Jordan River, because if we don't, we know what will happen. Because otherwise, we'll get another radical Islamic terrorist state in the Palestinian areas, exploding the peace, exploding the Middle East. Now, unfortunately, the Palestinians vehemently reject both prerequisites for peace. First, they, they continue to call for Israel's destruction inside their schools, inside their, their mosques, inside the textbooks. You have to read it to believe it. They even, you know, they even deny, Mr. President, our historical connection to our homeland. And, and I suppose you have to ask yourself, why, why, do, why are Jews called Jews? Well, the Chinese are called Chinese because they come from China. The Japanese are called Japanese because they come from Japan. Well, Jews are called Jews because they come from Judea. This is our ancestral homeland. Jews are not foreign colonialists in Judea. So unfortunately, the Palestinians not only deny the past, they also poison the present. They name public squares in honor of mass murderers who murdered Israelis, 
and I have to say also murdered Americans. They, they fund, they pay monthly salaries to the families of murderers, like the family of the terrorist who killed Taylor Force, a wonderful young American, a West Point graduate, who was stabbed to death while visiting Israel. So this is the source of the conflict, the persistent Palestinian refusal to recognize a Jewish state in any boundary, this persistent rejectionism. That's the reason we don't have peace. Now that has to change. I want it to change. Not only have I not abandoned these two prerequisites of peace, they've become even more important because of the rising tide of fanaticism that has swept the Middle East and has also, unfortunately, infected Palestinian society. So I want this to change. I want those two prerequisites of peace, substance, not labels. I want them reinstated. But if anyone believes that I, as Prime Minister of Israel, responsible for the security of my country, would blindly walk into a Palestinian terrorist state, that seeks the destruction of my country, they're gravely mistaken. The two prerequisites of peace, recognition of the Jewish state and Israel's security needs west of the Jordan, they remain pertinent. We have to look for new ways, new ideas on how to reinstate them and how to move peace forward. And I believe that the great opportunity for peace comes from a regional approach from involving our newfound Arab partners in the pursuit of a broader peace and peace with the Palestinians. And I greatly look forward to discussing this in detail with you, Mr. President, because I think that if we work together, we have a shot. And we have been discussing that, and it is something that is very different, hasn't been discussed before. And it's actually a much bigger deal, a much more important deal in a sense. Uh, it would take in many, many countries, and it would cover a very large territory. So uh, I didn't know you were going to be mentioning that, but that's now that you did. I think it's a terrific thing. And I think we have some pretty good cooperation from people that in the past would never, ever have even thought about doing this. So we'll see how that works out. Okay. Uh, Katie from Town Hall. Where's Katie? Right there. Katie? Thank you, Mr. President. You said in your earlier remarks that both sides will have to make compromises when it comes to a peace deal. You've mentioned a uh, halt on settlements. Can you lay out a few more specific compromises that you have in mind, both for the Israelis and for the Palestinians? And Mr. Prime Minister, what expectations do you have from the new administration about how to either amend the Iran nuclear agreement or how to dismantle it altogether? and how to overall work with the new administration to combat Iran's increased aggression, not only in the last couple of months, but the past couple of years as well? It's actually an interesting question. I think that the Israelis are going to have to show some flexibility, which is hard. It's hard to do. Uh, they're going to have to show uh, the fact that they really want to make a deal. I think our new concept that we've been discussing actually for a while is something that allows them to show more flexibility than they have in the past because you have a lot bigger canvas to play with. Uh, and I think they'll do that. I think they very much would like to make a deal. Or I wouldn't be happy and I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be as optimistic as I am. I really think the I, I can tell you from the standpoint of Bibi and from the standpoint of Israel, I really believe they want to make a deal and they'd like to see the big deal. I think the Palestinians 
uh, have to get rid of some of that hate that they're taught from a very young age. They're taught tremendous hate. I've seen what they're taught. And you can talk about flexibility there, too, but it starts at a very young age, and it starts in the schoolroom. And they have to acknowledge Israel. They're going to have to do that. There's no way a deal can be made if they're not ready to acknowledge a very, very great and important country. And I think they're going to be willing to do that also. But now I also believe we're going to have, Katie, other players at a very high level. And I think it might make it easier on both the Palestinians and Israel to get something done. Okay? Thank you. Very interesting question. Thank you. You asked about Iran. One thing is preventing Iran from getting nuclear weapons, something that uh, President Trump and I I think are deeply committed to do, uh, and, and we are obviously going to discuss that. I think beyond that, President Trump has led a very important effort in the past few weeks, just coming into the presidency. He pointed out their violations, Iranian violations on ballistic missile tests. By the way, these ballistic missiles are inscribed in Hebrew. Israel must be destroyed. The Palestinian, the, uh, rather, the Iranian uh, Foreign Minister Zarif said, well, well our ballistic missiles are not intended against any country. No. They write on the missile in Hebrew, Israel must be destroyed. So challenging Iran on its violations of ballistic missiles, uh, imposing sanctions on uh, Hezbollah, preventing them, making them pay for the terrorism that they uh, foment throughout the Middle East and beyond, well beyond. Uh, I think that's a change that is clearly evident uh, in, uh, since President Trump took office. I welcome that. I think it's, uh, let me say this very openly, I think it's long overdue. And I think that if we work together, and not just the United States and Israel, but so many others in the region who see eye to eye on the, uh, on the great magnitude and danger of the Iranian threat, then I think uh, I think we can roll back Iran's aggression and danger. And that's something that is important for uh, Israel, the Arab states, but I think it's vitally important for America. These guys are developing ICBMs. They're developing, they want to get to a nuclear arsenal, not a bomb, a hundred bombs. And they want to have the ability to launch them everywhere on Earth and including, and especially, eventually, the United States. So this is something that is important for all of us. I welcome the change, and I intend to work with President Trump very closely so that we can thwart this danger. Great. You have somebody? Boav? Mr. President, um, since your election campaign and uh, even after your victory, uh, we've seen a sharp rise in uh, anti-Semitic um, um, anti-Semitic incident across the United States. And I wonder what do you say to those among the Jewish community in the States and in Israel and maybe around the world who believe and feel that your administration is playing with xenophobia and maybe racist tones. And Mr. Prime Minister, um, do you agree to what the President just said about the need for Israel to restrain and to, or to stop settlement activity in the West Bank? And a quick follow-up on my friend's questions. Simple question. Do you back off from your vision to the end of the conflict of two-state solution as you lay out in Bar Ilan's speech, or you still support it? Thank you. 
Well, I just want to say that we are, you know, very honored by the victory that we had, 306 Electoral College votes. Uh, we were not supposed to crack 220. You know that, right? There was no way to 221, but then they said there's no way to 270. I, I and there's tremendous enthusiasm out there. I will say that um, we are going to have peace in this country. We are going to stop crime in this country. We are going to do everything within our power to stop long-simmering racism and every other thing that's going on. A lot of bad things have been taking place over a long period of time. I think one of the reasons I won the election is we have a very, very divided nation. Very divided. And hopefully, I'll be able to do something about that. And I, you know, it was something that was very important to me. Uh, as far as uh, people, Jewish people, so many friends, a daughter who happens to be here right now, a son-in-law, and three beautiful grandchildren. Uh, I think that you're going to see a lot different United States of America over the next three, four, or eight years. Uh, I think a lot of good things are happening. And you're going to see a lot of love. You're going to see a lot of love. Okay? Thank you. I believe that the uh, issue of the settlements is not the core of the conflict, uh, nor does it really drive the conflict. I think it's an issue. It has to be resolved in the context of peace negotiations. Uh, and I think it also, we also are going to speak about it, President Trump and I, so we can arrive uh, at an understanding so we don't keep on bumping into each other all the time on this issue, and we're going to discuss this. Uh, on the uh, question you said, you just came back uh, with your question to the problem that I said. It's the label. What does Abu Mazen mean by two states, okay? What, what does he mean? A state that doesn't recognize the, the Jewish state a state that uh, basically is open for uh, uh, attack against Israel. You know, what are we talking about? Are we talking about Costa Rica or are we talking about another Iran? So obviously it means different things. I told you what are the conditions that I believe are necessary for an agreement. It's the recognition of the Jewish state, and it's Israel's, Israel's security control of the entire area. Otherwise, we're just fantasizing. Otherwise, we'll get another failed state, another terrorist uh, uh, Islamist dictatorship that will not work for peace, but work to uh, destroy us, but also destroy any hope, any hope for a, a peaceful future for our people. So I've been very clear about those conditions, and they haven't changed. I haven't changed. If you read what I said eight years ago, it's exactly that. And I repeated that again and again and again. If you want to deal with labels, deal with labels. I'll deal with substance. And finally, one, if I can respond to something that I know from personal experience. I've known President Trump for many years. And to allude to him, uh, or to his people, his team, some of whom I've known for many years too. Can I reveal, Jared, how long we've known you? <laughs> well, he, he was never small. He was always big. <laughs> he was always tall. But I've, I've known the President, and I've known his family and his team for a long time. And there is no greater supporter of the Jewish people and the Jewish state than President Donald Trump. I think we should put that to rest.
Thank you very much. Very nice. I appreciate that very much. Live from the White House, Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Trump shaking hands in the East Room. They appear to be done Mr. taking Pre questions, uh, despite Mr. some uh, shouted questions from members of the press. Had any contacts with the Russians, Mr. President? Any questions on Russia, Mr. President? ABC's Jonathan Carl trying his best, but President Trump and Prime Minister Netanyahu walk out of the room. The president spoke of a great peace deal. He said the U.S. would work on diligently. He did not mention the two-state solution that has long been American policy, instead saying he could live with either a two-state or a one-state solution, whatever the parties want. The president did say both sides would have to compromise. Prime Minister Netanyahu arrived at the White House only minutes before this news conference, so the two men really had no time to talk, and it may have caught the prime minister off guard when Mr. Trump said, I'd like to see you hold back on settlements for a little bit. The president also said Palestinians have to get rid of hate that they're taught at a very young age. I'm Aaron Katursky. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. Let's get straight back to the White House with ABC's Karen Travers. Karen. Aaron, the White House was teeing this press conference up as one that would not have any big announcements. An official told us last night to look for common visions to be laid out. And that's partly because, as you say, the two leaders haven't even sat down for any discussions yet, which is a rather big change from what usually happens when a foreign leader comes to the White House. What the president did say, though, pushed Be uh, Benjamin Netanyahu on the issue of settlements, telling him to hold back a little bit but certainly indicating that the Trump administration's stance on the entire broader issue of Middle East peace seems to be, you guys work it out. And we'll be there on the sidelines to support you, but we're not going to tell you what to do, and we're not going to pick a side or pick a solution that we think is best. You figure it out, and you directly negotiate. ABC's Karen Travers. Karen, don't go far. I want to turn to Jerusalem now and ABC's Jordana Miller, who's been listening uh, with us. How is all of this going to play where you are, Jordana? Well, I think it's astounding to me as a journalist covering this region now for nine years. I mean, basically, I think we just heard uh, the president of the United States say that the two-state solution is not reigning uh, supreme anymore when it comes to Mideast peace. He said a one-state solution is a possibility. And then he really alluded to something that reporters here in Jerusalem have long heard of from the prime minister here, Netanyahu. He has been aiming for the idea of a larger, broader peace uh, deal that would include possibly the Saudis, possibly the United Arab Emirates. Uh, and this is something that Netanyahu has been pushing. We thought here he might say this to Trump in closed quarters. And we saw that Trump didn't expect him to mention this or allude to it. And then, he, and then he said, oh, yes, well, now that you've said it, we're thinking about something bigger, something broader, uh, bigger than anyone expected. This, I think, really uh, is a new direction and a major shift. And it's almost pre-Oslo uh, days to sort of reshape how this gets negotiated, right? Absolutely. Um, and it really makes us think about the Saudi peace plan that was offered up in 2002, uh, which uh, basically has been uh, supported every few years again by the Arab uh, League, which basically talks about, you know, a larger regional peace plan for Israel uh, in exchange for peace with the Saudis, with the Emirates and including a peace deal with the Palestinians. In other words, not a bilateral agreement with the Palestinians, which is what Oslo was all about. 
ABC's Jordana Miller with us from Jerusalem. And I want to turn back briefly to ABC's Karen Travers because you heard uh, our colleague Jonathan Carl at the end ask about uh, Russia and contacts uh, that the administration or the campaign may have had. Uh, Karen, the president took questions only from the Christian Broadcasting Network and the blog-like site Town Hall. He was not asked uh, about what has been the most pressing issue in the White House over the last 24 hours. No, but he certainly went on a tweet storm this morning about it and blasting the media for bad reporting and also going after the intelligence community for what he called illegal leaks, saying that this uh, all the stories about the connections to Russia are nonsense. That's what he tweeted. But he did comment on the resignation of General Flynn, his national security advisor. And Aaron, this was remarkable. The president said it was very, very unfair what happened to General Flynn. And he decried the way that General Flynn has been treated, blaming the media for that. And let's just point out, the president on Monday asked General Flynn to resign. And the White House says that's because over the past couple of weeks, there's been an erosion of trust. The president not comfortable anymore with General Flynn as his national security advisor. Yet today, uh, he seemed to imply that Michael Flynn was run out of town by an angry mob of reporters instead of himself asking him to step down. ABC's Karen Travers with us live from the White House, where the president mentioned a couple of other things. As a candidate, he said his number one priority would be to dismantle the Iran nuclear deal. Today, he said only he would do more to prevent Iran from developing a nuclear weapon. He also said as a candidate, we will move the American embassy to Jerusalem. Today, he said he'd love to, looking at it very carefully and with great care, and we'll see what happens. I'm Aaron Katursky. You've been listening to live coverage from ABC News. ABC News, honored. Winner for the third straight year with the Edward R. Murrow Award for Overall Excellence in Television and Radio. ABC News, America's number one news choice. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.